What's going on, guys? It's Patrick here from Men's Health Unscripted. We're here with a really exciting guest. I've been looking to have this guest on for a while. Um, and finally, we got Dr. Tracy Gappen. He's the founder of the Gappen Institute of High Performance Medicine and is also a provider for Gainswave, which is, you know, in a kind of our terms, like a supersonic ED treatment. I know it's probably a little uh, dumbed down for that. But we just thought of the sound therapy was really interesting. It was one of the first things we really learned about diving into men's health. So Dr. Gappin, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm really excited to talk to you about all the things you're doing in medicine. Oh, you bet. Good to be here with you. Thanks. So we'll just kind of out the gate. Um, we know that you're a provider for Gainswave, and this is one of the kind of newer ED type treatments. A lot of our followers really didn't know that there was sound therapy um, for erectile dysfunction. And I know that this technology kind of goes back um, and it wasn't initially started for erectile dysfunction. So can you tell us a little bit about this technology and like what it can do for guys? Yeah, absolutely. So a um, little bit of background. I'm a board certified urologist. I spent uh, over 20 years in traditional men's health uh, uh, in urology, uh, busy practice here in town. And uh, I treated, probably treated thousands of men and women with prostate or with, excuse me, with kidney stones. Now, one of the common treatments we do with kidney stones is extracorporeal shockwave lithotripsy, ESWL, in short, sound waves. Okay, sound waves delivered through the body, focused into the kidney, and it would break up kidney stones, pulverize them, and then you would pass those fragments. So that's a treatment we've had for, again, over 20 years for kidney stones. Well, something interesting happened. They found in the lab that this shockwave therapy was actually remarkable at promoting a process called angiogenesis. Now, that means creating new blood vessels, new blood flow. It promoted um, activation of all the growth factors that you need to lay the pipes, lay the foundation for new blood flow. And that's done by activating stem cells. And so uh, taking that forward to sexual function, they found that it was actually effective at restoring healthy, optimal blood flow to the penis to help with erectile dysfunction. And so that's how the whole concept of shockwave, which was again, used for kidney stones for decades, um, transferred to a, a different um, approach for ED. And it really changed the way we think about ED. You, you know, in traditional medicine, it, we're so focused on, on giving you a, uh, a, a pill, giving you an immediate um, short-term band-aid to address the problem. And so for ED, we've had Viagra, Cialis, all the other oral medications. We've had injectable medications that we can give. We have a vacuum erection device guys can use or a penile implant, surgical implant. Those are really the options that we had for a long time. Now with this really amazing new technology and, and cutting edge science, we now understand a way to take a very um, progressive, innovative approach to ED. And it's, it's a regenerative model where we're fixing the underlying problem, which is poor blood flow in about probably 80% of men. And so that's what makes games so appealing. Interesting. So when you're talking about kind of like creating new, just like for our viewers, creating new vasculature, you're not exactly like branching out new blood vessels. It's more so of a repair process inside of the vasculature. Am I kind of getting it right? Or you, you, yeah, great question. You're asking the perfect question. And the answer is you absolutely are creating new blood vessels, which is what's fascinating. So you're activating stem cells 
Stem cells are the progenitor cells from which every other cell originates. And they can, um, they can help healing, they can help repair, recovery. Um, and when you activate them, they produce the growth factors, the, the VEGF, for example, vascular endothelial derived growth factor, these key growth factors that are important for actual laying new pipes. So think of a tree that grows, it starts as a sprout and then it grows and new branches come out of it. That's the process of angiogenesis. And that's what we're seeing with this activation by, by uh, shockwave uh, therapy. Okay. And so uh, reading up on, on the kind of gains wave process and some of the sound therapy, I saw that in some places in Europe, they were actually using a similar technology for um, heart attack victims or people who were at a very high risk for heart attack, or they had like the arteriosclerotic plaques around the heart. Is that mm -hmm. something that you're familiar with? And is that kind of like a stem into the gains wave? Uh, it, exactly. Yeah. The, you know, this is a technology that as uh, a men's health expert, that's really what I, excuse me, that's really what I focus on. Um, but it's being used in, in all kinds of other um, arenas, other fields of medicine for different approaches now that we understand the regenerative effect that it has. So, yes, we're here talking about sexual function. That's what guys care about maybe more than anything, but uh, it has a lot of other clinical applications as well. Cool. And then I did also see that there was um, some breakdown of those plaques. Mm -hmm. How, you know, what, what kind of questions do you think a patient might have? For saying, well, is that going to break down a plaque? Is that going to travel to my heart, or is it like kind of micro breakdown that the body can? Oh, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's not breaking down plaque where you need to worry about pieces of this plaque flaking off and going to other parts of the body. It's more um, uh, dissolving and repairing that site. And so I, I wouldn't think of it as mechanical um, breaking off these scabs or plaques that then go floating elsewhere in the body. That's not really the way it works. It's more by, um, by activation of stem cells, you are remodeling that tissue to its uh, original native, healthy, ideal state is what it's really doing. Okay. Yeah. And just to kind of go over with some of our viewers, some of those plaques do harden arteries. It makes it harder for your vasculature to pump blood to the areas that it needs. And so that's just kind of why yeah. I was covering that base. Just we've actually had quite a few questions previously um, about some of the sound wave therapy. People have hit our DMs and emails saying that they were thinking about trying it or yeah. you know, that they heard about it and they were really concerned that they would have some kind of you know plaque breakage. And mm -hmm. from what did it sound like? Just like what you said, it's more of like a dissolving and repairing of the vasculature rather than just like absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's appealing about it is that there are basically no side effects. There are, um, there's minimal pain. You barely feel it. And um, it's a great way. One of the only ways, in fact, that we can actually proactively um, repair that tissue to its original state. Um, now I will, I'll add that I also will, will um, um, combine it with other modalities, other treatments that can sometimes improve the effect. So for example, uh, PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, that's a treatment that's often used in orthopedics. Uh, it's used in joints, for example, to help uh, repair uh, shoulders, elbows, knees, that sort of thing. Um, PRP involves drawing your blood in the office. It's super simple. Draw your blood and uh, place that uh, blood in a centrifuge, spin it down high speed, separates the blood out into multiple layers, and we can isolate and extract the platelets and all the growth factors from your own blood and concentrate them, put them back into the penis. 
And that again is, is, is used to help restore normal blood flow by giving you in very high concentrations, the growth factors you need to, to allow your body to repair itself. And so, so that combined with gains wave is a really attractive option. And then you can take it one step further where we can actually get um, um, mesenchymal stem cells and companies will manufacture these, they'll make exosomes. So stem cells come from human placenta. Uh, stem cells can, um, again, form nearly any cell in your body. They can secrete exosomes and these exosomes can be injected into the penis as well. And now you're really providing cutting edge um, activation, if you will, of the key growth factors you need. It's all about repair and recovery. And, you know, how can we restore sexual function to its normal, healthy, optimal state without the need for the pills, without the need for the injections or the other treatments? That's uh, it's really neat that you say that just like the minimal side effect profile of this type of these different types of treatments, because, you know, we hear guys talking about, well, like a Viagra Cialis or something, it makes them feel flush in it, or it yeah. might make them feel um, not so good. You know, what about the patients that are taking their nitrates for chest pain? And then they're at risk for a, a pretty dramatic decrease in blood pressure, which can be very dangerous. Um, so it's interesting to see that there's a really like minimal side effect profile treatment, um, for guys for ED and, and so much of our health and wellness and mental health really is surrounded by our sexual health. And it's a lot of guys are, you know, virility and, and especially how, um, the news portrays men it's, you know, ED meds and hair loss is kind of what the media likes to hit us and it hits the superficial aspect of a man um, rather than really getting to the root cause of, of true issues. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you know, that that's really the, the problem we're facing. One of the many problems we're facing is that there's this massive direct to consumer push by big pharma to get patients to just settle for, you know, a pill to, to cure any ill and what I focus on in what I call high performance medicine is helping you really optimize yourself, get to your original, you know, ideal optimal state. So you don't need prescription medication. So you don't need to rely on the Viagra and the Cialis, for example. Yeah. Awesome. And so last question um, on the gains wave aspect, and we'll move on because I know you're doing some really interesting things at the Gap and in, um, Institute of High Performance Medicine that I really would like to get into. So when you're talking about um, using the gains wave, about how long would you say the your patient would see results um, with with the sound wave therapy, and what kind of results can they experience? I mean, um, maybe on a like a scale of one to ten. I mean, can they be all the way back to where they were when they were younger and with maybe a little bit more healthy vasculature, or is it going to kind of be scaled back? What what have you seen in your experience? Yeah, great question. And, and I'm glad you're you're bringing this up because I think it's important to be very realistic. And I like to um, overpromise under, uh, I, I hate to overpromise under deliver with my patients. And so what I, I like to emphasize is Gainswave is a great treatment for properly selected men. And so there are, there are really four, if not five main overall causes of erectile dysfunction. The first one is vascular blood flow issues. And that's probably about 80 to 85% of men is, is blood flow issues. Second is hormone issues, testosterone, especially cortisol, DHEA, growth hormone, especially. Um, 
The third one would be neurologic, peripheral neuropathy, diabetics. If you've had a radical prostatectomy for prostate cancer or colon resection for colon cancer, um, damage to those nerves could, could affect it. And then the last one is really uh, psychosocial, cognitive, uh, men who have issues in the relationship, infidelity issues, social issues, porn addiction, that kind of stuff would fall in that last category. But the vascular issue, guys, those are the ones who would be most appealing candidates for Gainswave. But I also want to take it one step further in that, you know, an erection is for the listener simply increased blood flow to the penis. Okay. It's basically uh, the arteries dilate, increased blood flow to the penis, and that blood gets trapped in the penis. And that's an erection. It's that simple. Gainswave is great for improving blood flow into the penis arterial inflow, improving the vascular flow by, again, helping to create new, healthy, uh, you know, ideal uh, arterial inflow. If your problem is, in fact, venous leak, meaning the blood's coming in fine, but then it's just leaking right back out because the valves in your veins aren't holding the blood there, doesn't get captured there, just it leaks right back out. In those men, Gainswave is not going to be effective because that's not your problem. Arterial inflow is not your problem. It's venous outflow. And so this is why it's really important that, you know, what I focus on in my center is really taking an individualized approach, assessing each man to identify what is the underlying etiology of his, of his sexual performance issues and is Gainesville the right treatment for him. And so properly selecting those men, I can tell you if we're offering that treatment only to the men who need it and who could benefit from it, then we're seeing 85, 90% improvement in sexual function where guys are satisfied with the outcome um, in as few as six treatments. But again, I want to emphasize a lot of centers out there that are doing gains wave. It, it's, it's borderline malpractice to offer it to every guy who has a credit card because you, you have to, um, you have to know what you're doing and, and apply to the right guy. Right. Um, so I, I lied. One more question. So we do actually have uh, quite a few guys that um, have had prostate cancer um, yeah. get in our DMs or hit us in the email on our website. Yeah. And some of them have had uh, radical prostate prostatectomies. And so they were wondering if a therapy like this would help if there is nerve damage. Um, is that possible to help regenerate some of that? Yeah. It could. Yeah. So this is a great question. I get this a lot. And if you, if you look at um, a guy who has not had surgery versus a guy who has had surgery, the outcomes are going to be very different. Okay. So the guy who has not had surgery surely is going to get a better outcome and get more response than the guy who has nerve injury. But that's not to say that he could still get some benefit from it. And so I, I like to put it into context that hey, your, your results may not be as good as the next guy, but it's still something to potentially entertain, understanding the potential, um, you know, the likelihood of success and, and that sort of thing. And that's where, again, it, it's really all about having that, that conversation with the, with the patient and putting it into proper perspective. All right. Um, very interesting, you know, quick talk on Gainswave and all it can do for men. It is pretty interesting technology. Um, so let's move on to the Gapman Institute of High Performance Medicine. I know you're doing some pretty revolutionary stuff there. You've got a lot of hormone therapy. Um, and so, you know, a lot of guys think it's just testosterone. So you've got genetic testing, hormone replacement therapy, peptide medicine, um, and, and kind of really helping guys increase their longevity. So tell us a little bit about the Institute and some of the fun, interesting things that you're doing there to help men. 
Yeah, sure. So it, I think it's super important to recognize that we're experiencing a mental pandemic, a real crisis, and we're seeing issues with obesity. We're, we're seeing issues with um, brain fog. We're seeing issues with declining cognitive function, um, worsening cardiovascular disease. And for the first time in a long time, lifespan is actually decreasing. Our life expectancy is actually decreasing now year over year. And part of that is because testosterone levels are plummeting worldwide. And so testosterone gets all the attention and uh, testosterone is certainly important, but I like to emphasize that there's a lot more than testosterone at play. And so, you know, yes, we're seeing free testosterone levels by 45% lower than what they used to be 20 years ago, which is a massive decline. The key question is why? And the answer is, the biggest answer is toxins in our environment. Endocrine disruptors is, is the term for it. It means chemicals, toxins, toxicants in our environment that are crushing our health. Things like plastic, plastic water bottles, plastic food containers, um, plastic K-cups, personal care products like laundry detergent, soaps, shampoo. Um, like our, um, there was actually just an article that the, the toxins in a lot of the um, um, sweatpants and, and, and workout shorts and um, jogging um, outfits that people are putting on from a certain store. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash this particular store because I like them. Um, but we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of personal items that are loaded with these chemicals. Um, our foods are sprayed, the crops that we eat are sprayed with chemicals like atrazine especially um, that is uh, shown very clearly to crush testosterone and cause obesity and autoimmune disease and insulin resistance. And, it goes on and on and on. And so short answer, toxins are crushing our health. Stress is killing us. Shitty diets killing us. Poor sleep is a big one as well. And so what I do at the High Performance Gap Institute for High Performance Medicine is put all these pieces together. Guys need to have their hormones fixed. They need to have their lifestyle modified. How can we use genetics to really individualize that? How can we use wearable tech to track what you're doing and make sure that what you're doing is the right thing and how to assess whether uh, it's working or not? How can we use peptides to really personalize and, and improve our health? All these pieces, putting them together, I think that's the secret. And there's not many people out there doing that. Yeah, just that's a very comprehensive um, explanation of kind of why we are in a men's health pandemic. And I definitely appreciate you saying that. And that's yeah. really one of the driving forces behind why we started this program and podcast yeah. because we realized in pharmacy school that there was no real outlet for men to go mm -hmm. and to get the quality healthcare that they need to, and, and feel comfortable. Um, like we're not providing healthcare. We weren't when we were in school, but the thing is, is I think there's a comfortability aspect where most of the time, if you go to a doctor's office and you're a man, what do you see? Pastel colors, daytime TV talk shows that aren't necessarily, you know, men driven. You have mm -hmm. home and garden uh, magazines all over the place. And it's, it is more of a female geared model, which is great. Women's health is, is doing well. And women are really staying on top of their health for the most part. But the major issue is can the average guy go into a facility like that and sit down and feel comfortable and sit down and feel like they're going to be 
treated, I guess, like a man and, and really have their interests and their needs addressed from a healthcare perspective. Yeah, I, I love that you said that, and I appreciate the work that y'all are doing because I think bringing a voice to men's health is so important, and um, and and men are starting to 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 finally pay attention to their health. You know, I, a couple of years ago, I published my first book um, called Male 2.0, and it was about really transforming the men's health paradigm to get guys to take a very different approach. Uh, Male 2.0 means that we are proactive. With our health, we're not waiting for disease or illness to set in, which is the typical healthcare model we have here in the U.S. It's being um, um, preventive in everything that we do. It's being personalized and what's right for you based on your genetics, based on comprehensive testing. It's taking a very um, uh, different, more intentional perspective on your health and your life, and understanding how everything ties together. You know, your your actions, your behaviors. I'll, I'll give you examples, like. I see men who are high-performing executives or entrepreneurs, they're traveling the, the country for their business, and they're staying up until midnight and waking up at four every day, and they think that they're doing themselves a favor because they got work to do. Well, I can't go to bed. I got all this work I got to get done. But just that one little micro decision by staying up until midnight instead of going to bed when you, when you need to, that has a massive effect on everything else. So that raises cortisol, your, your stress hormone. What does that do? That crushes growth hormone, it crushes testosterone. It causes insulin resistance. It makes you gain fat. It affects your mood. And it has a trickle-down effect by that one little micro decision. And so it's, it's understanding what I call a systems approach to health, which means putting all these pieces together and understand how they all interrelate that I think is really critical. And so, I, I, again, I appreciate you bringing a voice to this because um, men are, are finally starting to pay attention and we need to sing from the rooftops to get them to, to really um, you know, be proactive about their health. Absolutely. It, I think that there has been a change. And I think with just, mm -hmm. we've been almost at this for two years here in about a week or so will be a, a two-year anniversary. And we've noticed that we'll have more and more guys hit us in our DMs, like on Twitter or Instagram or they'll go to our website and, you know, get an email or they'll listen to the podcast and we have our contact information on the podcast and they'll reach out to us and they'll tell us like, wow, well, we really appreciate the guest." And I mean, we really yeah. hit it awesome. on all ends and we're not just like medical driven because I think there's so much more to life than medicine. You know, we hit work-life balance, spirituality, you know, obviously Absolutely. the medical aspect and, and those kind of things are things that guys don't really typically talk about. Um, we have this kind of surface level um, kind of relationship with a lot of things rather than diving deep. And so that's why we really like mm -hmm. to hit the lesser discussed topics and maybe even, you know, kind of the more controversial topics because it needs to be addressed. Sure. And I haven't heard too many people doing it that way. So that's kind of why I wanted to get into it. So mental health, all those things. I mean, and Every time we open a new door for men in, in an aspect of men's health, we realize that there is so much uncovered information. Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't think we'll ever run out of content, which is good. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. I, I, I tell you that there, and, and the evolution we're seeing in the science around performance, around longevity is truly incredible on an almost daily basis. You got to really um, stay, stay vigilant about research because it's happening so fast right now. Right. There's been, just there's been so much done even in prostate cancer 
um, research and treatment in the last two years since we started till now. Yeah. All kinds of new treatments that are, you know, in clinical trial with the FDA and we're just blown away. And it's, it's really great that there's really some significant money getting put into men's health so that these research, Mm -hmm. um, these, you know, scientific research and things like that can be done to benefit guys. Exactly. So another topic I really wanted to hit on was peptide therapy. I don't think yeah. we've ever really discussed this in depth um, on here, but I would like to kind of discuss what is peptide therapy? What kind of peptides would you be using to treat men? Um, and then yeah. how exactly does that treatment process take place? Sure. So peptides are uh, truly incredible. They are nothing more than short proteins. They're chains of amino acids. So anything greater than 100 amino acids in length is a protein. Anything shorter than that is simply a peptide. So that, that's really the true definition of a peptide. It's a, it's a short protein sequence of amino acids, a very unique specific sequence of amino acids. Um, the shortest peptide is actually two amino acids in length. Uh, that's called a pitalon. And in animal studies, that was actually shown to extend lifespan by over 30% in animal studies. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about here where you, you, you see amazing results. These are all still under, under study, uh, under evaluation. They're being studied. There's no, F, I want to be clear, there's no FDA guidance. Uh, there's no FDA approval on these because these are not pharmaceuticals. They're not drugs. Um, because they're simply chains of amino acids, there's not a drug or pharmaceutical at play. So you're never going to see the money involved in creating the prospective randomized long-term trials that you need to, to get FDA coverage. And so the, that's why these are all considered quote research chemicals in that regard. And, um, you know, while they do come from, uh, or at least the peptides I prescribe and I recommend come from compounding pharmacies with certificates of authenticity and very clear uh, quality assurance, um, they're simply chains of amino acids that, that by definition are generic and so therefore anyone who has the right technology can create them. And so that's the beauty of peptides. They are signaling molecules that your body already recognizes. There are signals such as insulin. Insulin is a peptide. It's one of the first peptides ever, ever discovered back in the 1940s. Um, growth hormone is technically a peptide. Um, we have peptides for almost anything you can imagine. Uh, we have uh, one of the newest ones is a semaglutide. It's actually a peptide that comes from the pancreas and has actually been amazing um, at, um, at helping with weight loss, insulin sensitivity. And actually, that one was... Um, picked up by multiple drug companies and they, they've, they've given a brand name to it, slapped a brand name on it, done studies and got FDA approved. And now they're out there selling direct to consumer, but that's simply a peptide. Um, there are peptides for immune function. You know, our thymus gland in the neck is, is a gland when we we're young uh, was very important in helping mature our immune function, our immune system, T cells specifically. As you get older, the thymus gland involute goes away, and that's partially responsible for why we have immune issues as we get older. Well, thymus and alpha is an amazing peptide that is basically providing um, that the, the thymus gland um, secretions, if you will, or the, the effect of the thymus gland. So that's great for immune function. We have uh, BPC, which is uh, stands for Body Protective Complex 157. This comes from the stomach, an enzyme in your stomach that's been shown to be amazing for reducing inflammation. And so um, we can reduce 
uh, GI, gastrointestinal inflammation. We can improve systemic inflammation, joint inflammation is incredibly valuable uh, for that reason. We know inflammation is associated with aging. And so uh, that's a really valuable and effective peptide for that. Peptides for musculoskeletal repair, uh, joints, tendons, ligaments, um, peptides for growth hormone, for how can you, we get your body to produce normal, healthy, optimal levels of growth hormone without just giving you growth hormone exogenously, which is incredibly expensive and has some potentially really big uh, negative uh, consequences. And so uh, peptides for growth hormone are, are amazing. Uh, peptides for almost anything you can imagine. You know, we have peptides for uh, libido, sexual function, hair loss, anxiety, um, mood regulation, um, sleep. It's, it's really a, a, an amazing um, regenerative aspect of medicine right now that is just exploding before our very eyes. And uh, again, these are not drugs or not pharmaceuticals. Um, the key is you got to be careful that you're getting good quality products because it's, it's like anything else. It's starting to become the wild west where people are trying to make a buck by selling it online. And so I would urge the listeners, if you're interested in peptides to work with a doctor who knows what he's doing and who could prescribe it from, you know, reputable sources until you know that you're truly getting what you're purchasing. Excellent. Um, so I kind of wanted to dive a little bit into like the peptide therapy. And so Yes, you need to find it from a good compounding pharmacy, but some of these other peptides, seeing as they're, you know, chain amino acids, kind of protein like in nature, are there any potential side effects to them? Um, or, you know, since it's part of like our natural chemistry, just adding it to the body would, um, you would kind of just experience some positive effects rather than, you know, maybe some extreme negative side effects. Is there any drawbacks to these? Yeah, great question. There are relatively few side effects to peptides. Most of them, there are no side effects at all, but some of them can have side effects. And this is where it comes down to, um, you know, having a professional and expert prescribe them and go through those specific risks with you. For example, I have one peptide that uh, is great for weight loss. And um, I had a patient who overdosed, thought that more is better. And she was nauseated for three weeks couldn't eat for three weeks because she took too much, for example. And so it's important to um, understand the potential side effects. Each of them are a little different. Each of them have different potential side effects, but in general, they're very minimal as long as you take them in the right way. Right. So it is important for our viewers. I know that sometimes you think taking medicine, doubling the dose might get you better faster. That's not necessarily always. True. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a, right. That's a big pharmacy question that we actually hear a lot. Well, can I just take all of this or yeah. take two? And it's like, no, just take, take your normal amount. Um, so how are some of these peptides administered? Are they via injection, sub Q, uh, oral? Yeah. Is, is there a difference and, and does it matter yeah. oral you would maybe miss the first pass metabolism or they would get yeah. degraded yeah. stomach acid? Exactly. Yeah. Great question. It depends on the peptide. So um, the, the issue with uh, taking oral peptides is you need the molecule to be small enough that it can actually absorb through the gut. And there are a couple peptides out there, a couple companies out there selling peptides. I'm not going to name them, but um, suffice it to say, they're selling a peptide that if you just simply look at the molecular weight and the molecular size of this peptide, it's impossible for it to actually get through the uh, through the the lining of your the epithelium of your intestines. And so, uh, understanding those potential limitations, um, 
you can understand why some peptides just can't be taken orally. So BPC is one that's great to be taken orally. If you're trying to treat inflammation in the gut, it's fantastic for that purpose. Um, there are a few other peptides oral. Most of them are injectable. Sub-Q injection in the belly, you use an insulin needle, like a 28 gauge, tiny little half inch needle. Very, you can barely feel it, a tiny little needle. Um, some peptides are topical. I like dihexa for memory. That's a, a great one that's topical. Um, a number of peptides are a nasal spray. C-Link is one for anxiety and, and immune function and um, mood. And that's uh, one that's given uh, intranasally as a nasal spray. So it, it really depends on what you're taking it for, uh, what the peptide is. Very neat. So we can kind of move on a little bit. And I know you mentioned a little bit off camera how you're promoting longevity in men. Is that more so just like an increase of length of quality of life? I know as, as people age, that quality of life can diminish. Um, or like, so what exactly is um, a longevity, like kind of treatment that you're providing to your patient. Yeah. yeah this is the fun stuff. I, I got to tell you. All so right. we now understand that there are, um, three main mechanisms of aging that we can affect three main pathways, three main gene, uh, path, uh, 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 journeys, if you will, that we can affect one is AMP kinase. One of the sirtuin genes and one's mTOR. And by turning on or turning off these genes, we've been able to show in animal studies as well as in human studies, I'll tell you about, that we can actually affect lifespan. And we can affect um, not just how long you live, but how well you live. So it's important to point out here that a lot of people that hear about this, like, no, I don't want to live to be 100 because I've seen my grandparents and they were miserable and old. We're not talking about being like your grandparents living to 100. We're talking about being in the optimized physical state you are in now at age 100. And there are a lot of scientists who believe that of all the children who are being born today, right now, they believe that half of them are going to live to be over 100 years old. Half of them. It's insane. And, and, and we're not talking about lifespan. We're talking about health span as well. That means extending quality of life as well as length of life. And so by turning on and turning off various genes, we can do that. As an example, there was a great study that came out from the Fahey group out in California. This was now, gosh, maybe almost three years ago now, where they took a cohort of men. And, and let, me, let me back up for just a moment. Well, how do you quantify this? Are you just full of, full of shit? Or like, how do you actually prove that what you're saying is true? Because it sounds like a bunch of hocus pocus. Well, we actually have a way that we can quantify aging. So I want to I want to set the table with that first, that there, there are validated ways now that we can scientifically quantify aging, and that's called biologic aging. What I mean by that is there's a process called methylation. Methylation means simply a methyl group attaching to various parts of your DNA, especially the histones, which are like little spools that your DNA wraps around as they're organized and clustered together. Um, and we can measure methylation patterns on your DNA and it's a validated way, a proven way of quantifying your aging. So right now, today, you can go buy a test. There are three or four of them out there right now that you can quantify how old you are. We're not talking chronologically like, yeah, I was born in 72, so I'm 49 years old. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your biologic age as in how much has your body aged and you can quantify that. You can see how it changes from one year to the next, one month to the next, and see if what you're doing is working or not. And so the first challenge that we have successfully 
um, overcome is how do you actually measure this and quantify it? So when we talk about aging, we can actually prove it. And, and so we've done that successfully with various um, uh, epigenetic clocks and uh, biologic age tests that have been validated. So that being that, that aside, this Fahey study from three years ago, they looked at a cohort of men um, and they gave one group uh, three drugs and the other group, they gave nothing. What were those three drugs? Growth hormone, DHEA, which is a hormone, it's a precursor to testosterone, although it's a valuable hormone in and of itself, but it's actually a precursor to testosterone, and metformin. Metformin is uh, a, a drug, it's a pharmaceutical that's now generic, it's been around for, geez, 50 years. Um, it's typically used for diabetics, for non-insulin dependent diabetics, and it affects, it turns on that AMP kinase pathway that I mentioned earlier, one of those three longevity genes that we know are so important. And so this study simply looked at growth hormone, DHEA, and metformin. And it simply followed those men for a year. And it measured their biologic age at the beginning of the study and at the end. And what they found was in the men who were simply given those three drugs, they were two and a half years younger than the other group. Interesting. Two and a half years younger. The other group aged a year. The group that got those three drugs, those men were a year and a half younger. Two and a half years difference in age between those two groups. Obviously, there's a lot more study to be done. This is underway right now. Um, amazing book by Davis and Claire called Lifespan. Um, I got it right here, Mike. Um, this is probably a transformative. I don't know if you can see it in, in the there you go. lifespan is a, a book yeah. that I highly recommend everyone read uh, about the, the, the real science that is, um, it, again, exploding every day on how we can extend lifespan and health span. So um, as far as these three medications, um, what exactly are we looking at? Like, is this something that a patient can kind of get on or these peptide treatments as well? Is this something we can get on and get off? Like once we get better, is this a lifelong treatment? Like I know generally when somebody starts like HRT, like testosterone replacement therapy, um, generally are we kind of looking at um, like a lifelong treatment or is there times that yeah. we can scale it back? Yeah, it, it depends on what you're taking. Most of the things that we use that we utilize are not long-term. Um, some things like testosterone, certainly they, they, they do typically tend to be long-term. When you feel amazing, you don't want to stop. So you tend to stay on those. Um, a lot of peptides will cycle where you'll be on it for three to six months, perhaps, and then you'll stop them for a while. And then when you need them again, or when it's indicated, we may start them again. But this is where the individualization comes in. And, and, and there's a lot of guys who are, you know, quote biohacking and it's the wild west out there where they're trying all these different things. And it's important to put these pieces in the proper perspective. So for example, those three longevity pathways I talked about, uh, mTOR is the third one. It's mammalian target of rapamycin. So for example, rapamycin is being looked at as um, a way to um, affect that pathway, but you want to be careful in the dosing and when you take it, how often, how much. And so there's a lot of nuance involved. And so, um, the answer to your question is it's complicated, but um, most things we use are not necessarily long-term. Got it. And it's, it seems like it's kind of more so like traditional, like your old school pharmacy, where a lot of those meds are kind of short-term. They have a short half-life in the body where it seems like a lot of these peptide treatments, you can get like a quote unquote shot and you don't have to go back for treatment for three months, six months, 
kind of thing. Um, and that seems to be where our medicine is going, where you'll have your short-term meds, you know, your blood pressure meds, your anti-diabetic agents, things like that, where you have to take a pill every day. Mm -hmm. And those generally, just in my experience, um, my limited pharmacy experience now is those are the ones that you're going to have like a little bit higher of a side effect profile, um, a little bit more risk for what, like, you know, overdose and, and things like that, where your other meds, your peptide therapies tend to seem like they last longer in the body, less side effect profile. However, these medications are a lot more expensive. Is that so? So um, I, I wouldn't say they, they, they last longer. I would say that they have much more precise or specific actions, mechanism of action and function. And um, we're not you know, we're trying to get away from pharmaceuticals. We're trying to get, get guys optimized to where they don't need pharmaceuticals. And so that's ultimately the goal. And so um, peptides are all about um, how do you enable um, your, your cellular function to operate at its, at its best without the need for drugs. And so sometimes it's a quick fix. Sometimes it takes a longer term. Yes, peptides are probably one of the most expensive products that we use um, because to get good quality, you're paying these compounding pharmacies quite a bit for that. Um, and so that, that tends to sometimes be um, a factor for guys um, is, you know, you have to balance the, the, the cost of that versus the benefit. Um, you know, be careful on the, when you're out there on the web, you can find a lot of cheap products and, and I really believe you get what you pay for. Right. So, and, and by the way, I, just so you know, I have no financial interest in any peptide companies. I don't own any, I don't have any financial stake. So whenever I prescribe, I prescribe based on purely medical decision-making and nothing, nothing else. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like you've kind of refrained from mentioning anybody by name. So uh, I got you there. Um, and so kind of, as we wind down a little bit, um, you talked a little bit about integrative medicine and kind of just the last few statements that you had or um, kind of, yeah, sure. kind of want to dive into integrative medicine a little bit. What kind of, you know, what is it for our viewers who might be unfamiliar mm -hmm. and then what kind of recommendations get made? I know it's a lot of lifestyle modification, um, yeah. and different components sure. like that. Sure. So, um, I've created what is called the N1 performance health program and N1, uh, stands for N of one medicine, which is, um, intentional uh, to the point that it's individualized and every guy is uniquely different and what they need is very different than the man next to them. So the N1 program really incorporates four aspects of medicine. Uh, one is traditional medicine, you know, traditional, uh, you know, testosterone optimization, looking at labs, making sure that, um, you know, we're dealing with any deficiencies that you have. The second component is functional medicine. And functional medicine focuses on what's the root cause, what's the underlying etiology of the oxidative stress and the inflammation and the insulin resistance that you may be dealing with. The third part is precision medicine. And that means how can we use your genetics, your unique genetic blueprint to really create a lifestyle program that's unique and um, um, appropriate for your body. For example, some guys actually need higher complex carbs to lose weight, counterintuitive to, to the keto push that we all hear. Um, some guys may need to limit uh, certain types of fat. Some guys may need additional micronutrient support. Uh, some guys may need different types of workout programs. Uh, sleep, it's all genetics based. And so precision medicine means how can we use genetics to really tailor that lifestyle component, which is so important 
um, to, to the individual man. And then the fourth is regenerative medicine. You know, we talked earlier about gains wave and PRP and exosomes and uh, peptides would be in that category as well. And, you know, all the ways that we can promote the, the body to heal itself. And so those four modalities, excuse me, is what I consider integrated medicine is traditional medicine combined with functional medicine, precision medicine, and regenerative. And that's really the secret to, to finding true optimization. Well, Dr. Gappin, that's, uh, it's been a lot of fun interviewing you. Um, you're welcome on our podcast anytime. Um, Appreciate it. Man. Definitely dive deeper into maybe some more of these topics or newer treatments. Um, so just to wind down, where can our listeners find you? Um, like a website, if you have social media, sure. things like that. And I'll definitely yeah. put that in the description as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can check out my website. It's gappininstitute.com. And I'm going to offer a, a, a gift to your listeners if they will text the word health to 26786. I'm going to share with them uh, my 10 secrets to high performance health, which are some quick tips that you can implement starting today right now to start uh, putting some of these uh, concepts into action. Uh, next, I'm going to actually include uh, also a link to get a, a complimentary digital copy of my best-selling book, Mail 2.0, because I think it's important that every man reads that book. I don't need you to buy it. Just read it for complimentary on, on me. Um, and then you'll also get information about my um, upcoming high performance health conference, which is live in Sarasota, uh, June 11th and 12th. And you'll get a discovery call uh, link if you want to book some time to talk with my team. Again, complimentary uh, uh, visit to see how we can help you. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I really appreciate that. And I know our viewers you well, as well. Um, you so Dr. Gappin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing you your experience and your knowledge with us. Um, again, you're always welcome. And, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again soon. You got it, man. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too.